Welcome, everyone, to District Divided, a DC sports podcast. I am Amit. That is KDOT. KDOT, how are you doing today, sir? I am doing fantastic. Got my Arnold Palmer in the can. So rare you find him in the small can, so about like a 20, what a case. Um, feeling good this morning. Feeling good. Feeling good. I don't know why, but I'm feeling pretty feeling good. Well, I'm looking forward to telling you why I'm feeling good because we've got, first off, a great episode for you guys, but I've got some positive takes today. So I'm just going to give you guys a heads up there. I'm feeling positive. See how KDOT's feeling. But we're going to begin with Antonio Gibson, who fumbled on one of his early carries in week one. What else is new? Still positive. Yeah. Well, hold on. We'll we'll talk about why. We'll talk about why. We're going to begin with Antonio Gibson. Uh, a lot of news making the rounds about him being on special teams. He also ran some with the second team against the Panthers after that fumble. So we're going to talk about Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson Jr. Of course, we're then going to talk about other takeaways we had from the game against the Carolina Panthers this past weekend. Then we look ahead 4 p.m. Eastern time Saturday tomorrow against the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead get the opportunity to play against Patrick Mahomes and the boys. So that's going to be a golden opportunity for our commanders. And then we conclude with the common mailbag and the after the pod segment, but K dot the big news, Antonio Gibson. So the second drive for our commanders, first drive three and out second drive bumble. Okay. He's on his way down. Ball gets punched out. I think it's just two plays later that the Panthers score a touchdown. That's yeah. it. And next thing you know, it's 10 nothing. What were your thoughts on Antonio Gibson's performance? What were your thoughts on what happened after with Ron Rivera going, you know what? Uh, running back has not been decided. You know, I'm paraphrasing here. Running back has not been decided. And he's now returning kicks. He's now <laughs> operating on special teams aside from kick returns. He's blocking. Like, wh- what did you make of all that? Well, I was live tweeting like the first half to a certain degree, just trying to get comfortable with it. Nobody was paying attention to what I was doing because nobody really follows me on Twitter yet. Haven't built that audience. <laughs> um, there, uh, that was your time to plug, by the way. I try, uh, you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to get more comfortable. More it was fun. like, all right. And then I started, there was some back and forth with like uh, kind of an Eric Bickles thing and, uh, and ref the district stuff, but whatever. Um, so just about Gibby. Just about Gibby. We'll get to the rest after supremely frustrating as it has been since he's gotten here. And I actually went back and looked at the, uh, I rewatched the pod that we had as far as uh, when we've drafted Brian Robinson. Mm-hmm. And I went on to my tangent as far as my issues with Gibby and Ron Rivera echoed all those statements in the, in the, in the post in the post uh, post post game press conference. Look, the fumbling's one thing. I don't know. Everybody has the stat line as far as like how many times Adrian Peterson fumbled in his first okay. two years in the season and all these other guys. Antonio Gibson is not Adrian Peterson. I don't think anybody can, don't get that twisted. He's talented as hell. And the frustration comes with you're 220 pounds. You need to run 
like a running back that weighs 220 something pounds. There's all this happy feet nonsense and not hitting the hole, which was the main thing that we saw when Brian Robinson then came into the game where everybody was like, oh shit, yep, that's over for Gibby. Um, he hit the hole and went like a running back supposed to do. You don't need to do all this happy feet bullshit. Just take what the defense is giving you, hit the hole and go. And he doesn't do this. There's this indecisiveness that he has where, and yeah, I get it. He didn't play a lot of running back, pure running back in college. He was more wide receiver in Memphis, right? But I think that's been the thing that we've been giving him a lot of rope in the in the first couple of years, which is like, hey, he's still getting used to position, this, that, and the other. But we're not seeing the progression we really need to see. He is talented as all get out. His skill set as far as being able to catch out of the backfield and run the football yeah, you see his stats over the last two seasons. Where all of us are fine with what he's been able to do and accomplish, but it could be so much more. And what it does is that without that consistency of making sure that, like, all right, we're, we know we're going to get at least three to four yards in this play, it's hard to rely on him. It's extremely hard to rely on him and get in a game flow. And that's where you, anytime that there's a more traditional running back back there, they look like they're just taking it and running with it. And He's got to figure it out. I'm not willing to give up on Antonio Gibson just yet. He's like, like I said, he's extremely talented. But maybe with Ron Rivera putting him with the second team, I know some of these coaches that's like old school mentalities with new new way of doing things. Light a fire under you. If you want to start, you better be doing better. So look, we're putting you with the second team. You better show that you're better than anybody else on this field right now, sir. And if you don't, night night. Uh, well, so, okay, I wouldn't go as far as to say night-night. and I think Night-night reason- as far as the starting position. Uh, okay, fair enough. Understood. Uh, I'm not going to – you know what? I saw that fumble, and, of course, in the moment, I'm frustrated, right? I'm like, come on. Like, it's this all over again. If you look at running backs with over 200 carries last season, he leads the league in fumbles. He had six, okay? He averaged 16 attempts a game, six fumbles. I mean, it's rough, right? But then – you know, I took a moment and, you know, it takes some time because when you're in the moment, you're like, fuck, like, why is that happening? Like now the defense is in a bad position. Now we're down 10, nothing to Carolina. They don't even know who their starting QB is. This is insanely frustrating. And then you let time sit and you go, first off, it's preseason, right? So thankfully this didn't really count for anything. The result doesn't. Well, what did the rest look like? Well, this was to me, and we're going to look back at this as a supreme blessing for Antonio Gibson and for this team. Because let's look at Antonio Gibson in college. He had one year of production. Okay. So it was one true year where he was like the guy at Memphis. He had 32 catches. He had 31 carries. Okay. Next thing you know, I just told you he had over 200 carries last season. Like that's what we suddenly, we suddenly turned him into this bell cow. So for him to fumble no, he shouldn't be, but also you kind of get it. Like he wasn't ever truly just a running back. And we've asked this man to be just a running back. We've talked about with Scott Turner, how we desperately want him to get Antonio Gibson more involved in the passing game. Mm -hmm. Well, now we are reframing Antonio Gibson to be this Swiss army knife that we sort of want Curtis Samuel to be. Well, guess what? Curtis isn't always on the field. I'm glad to have seen him week one in preseason and even, you know, get a catch. But like, this is, I think, important for everybody to go, hey, Antonio Gibson is not a pure running back. He did well, all things considered, these last two years. He was doing something he was never asked to do, ever. 
And now we have a guy in Brian Robinson Jr. who, oh, first off, shout out Rick Doc Walker, a breath of fresh air on that on that broadcast. That I nice. loved hearing him. We're getting back to our roots, ground and pound. Brian Robinson Jr. is a bell cow running back if you need him to be one. He's running between the tackles. He is impossible to bring down one-on-one. It took two or three different Panthers each time to bring him down. Like this to me is that blessing of, okay, we saw a guy running angry in Brian Robinson Jr. And now Antonio Gibson can maybe go back to what he did best. It's There's no shame in it. If he's returning kicks, that's a weapon right there. If Jahan Dotson, the reports he's returning punts is doing that. Well, now your playmakers are getting the ball in space. And that yeah. to me, I think is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, that, that, there's no denying that. There's like, yeah, we want the idea of having all these guys that are extremely versatile. And what I think the, the thing that screamed out to me was they actually use Brian Robinson and um, uh, receiving out of the backfield, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't know that was a big part of his skill set. I thought he was going to be. And he looked fairly, I mean, once again, first preseason game. Of course. Very, very of course. But the idea that they were still getting him out there to remember, I, it almost felt like, can you do? What we've asked Antonio to do, like last year, as far as being the bell cow, but being able to do everything. And Brian's like, I'm up for it. Um, But the idea of you having Antonio Gibson that can catch the ball, run the ball, Brian Robinson, catch the ball, run the ball, J.D. McKissick, one of the best receiving backs in the league, Um, Curtis Samuel, who can step in the backfield, as you saw him do at Carolina when healthy, um, and move all over. The versatility that it brings on offense is huge. That being said, if Antonio is going to get the ball in these short bursts and not as many carries, we need to make sure that in those limited times you do get the carry, we ain't got to worry about you turning over the fuck football. And number two, if you're going to do this thing as far as being a Swiss Army knife, I need to see that you excel at certain things. Like you got to be known for at least one thing and not. I, I get uh, what Jack of Many Trades, Master of None. Like there's yep. a. There, there's an element of if you're not rece- if you're not faster or receiving better than JD McKissick, mm-hmm. if you can't run between the tackles anywhere near as good as Brian Robinson, you're kind of phasing yourself out a little bit. It, to me, anyway. I mean, no, it, it, I understand so, what you're saying there. I so, do. So understand. that's my thing. He's talented as hell, but mm-hmm. my thing has always been your body, your physicality. You're two hundred and twenty something pounds. You need to be able to run between the tackles just from a physics standpoint. I think we have seen some of that progression over the last couple of years. And I do continue to harp on the fact that he, again, was being asked to do something that how many people have been asked to do what he's been asked to do? I'm not. No, no, no. It's not about a fairness thing. It's not about, hey, there's mm-hmm. a, there's going to be a learning curve. It's none of that. We're all rooting for Antonio Gibson. Yeah, of course. Like, it, it was not like a throwing out of the bus sort of thing. It is a, hey, I'd love for you to find a spot on this roster. If that means kick returning, punt returning to give you that versatility to do that thing. Cool. I'd love for you to be here on this team. But if we're looking for what it is we've asked you to do last year, or the year before, it almost seems as though we're saying, all right, we're just not going to pursue this road right now with right. you. And if that's the case, okay, his contract's up in what? Two years? Right. Are you looking to do a resign? Like, what are you like that? That's where I'm looking at as far as Antonio's progression. Yeah, is but- it where it is that he's going to, what, what is it we're going to ask of him this season? 
I, I think we almost asked him to. So did you like him more as rookie year or sophomore year? Actually, I, I preferred rookie, but I, I you preferred rookie. Okay, I so think let, he had an explosiveness in his rookie year when he when he got the ball that I I saw him thinking too much last year. OK, well, he was also probably exhausted last year. There was 258 carries last year versus mm -hmm. 170 his rookie year. OK, that's almost 100 extra. OK, just those are just carries. Right. So if you lighten his load a little bit, all of a sudden the Brian Robinson Jr. pick made so much sense to me as we're watching more. And you talked about that digression talking about Antonio Gibson when we did that draft episode. You yeah. know, hey, he can't hold on to it. Well, now we're seeing all of it. We go, oh, my goodness. Thank goodness. We have a guy that can get you three, four yards on third and short. We have a guy that can get you three, four yards on first and 10 if we choose to run. So it takes pressure off of Gibson. It turns more into a committee. We're not going to be one of those teams with a Jonathan Taylor, with a Najee Harris, with a Joe Mixon, where it's just the one guy. But so many other teams in the league have multiple guys. We also have JD McKissick, like you said. I think this works out really, really well because Gibson can now be fresher for the things he did best in college, which was returning kicks. If that's not just a punishment thing, that's actually like a, hey, what if we just went back to what Gibson did best in college? Let's try that. I think that's actually a good idea. I don't think it's a punishment. I think it's much more Robinson showed us something here. And it maybe feels as it though you're defending. It, it feels as though you. It seems as though you're coming from a spot where you feel as though you have to defend Antonio Gibson. I, well, it's not even. I don't even think of it as defending him. I think of it as what did he do well? What got him drafted? And can we continue to make that happen for him at the professional level? What and got the him drafted? Now, yes. What got him drafted was it? It's a. It's a wide receiver that's not fast enough. To be a wide receiver. No, has, hold on, hold on. He's hold on, hang on, hang on, hang on, okay, hang on, okay, hang on. Okay. That doesn't have the that doesn't have it to be a full time wide receiver. But he's six foot, what one two, six and two hundred and two hundred and twenty five pounds. Mm -hmm. You're a running back, and we're gonna try to get you a running back and make you receive out of the backfield. I'm just saying that particular experiment right now doesn't look like it's going to. The, the full trajectory doesn't seem as though it's happening. Do you really think the thought was he wasn't fast enough? I it wasn't it wasn't that he was going to be a wide receiver. Do you know what his 40 time was though? It wasn't that he was going to be a wide receiver. It was a that four was the three whole nine, just for the record. It was a no four, one was three, looking nine, at four, Antonio four. Gibson to be a wide receiver. They didn't know what he, he was, right? We chose running back. Right. right. When we drafted him, we chose running back. I think he is much does he more receive anywhere? Than that. Does he receive out of the backfield anywhere near as good as J.D. McKissick? Oh, don't you think that could be coaching potentially? I'm not. I'm Because we were using I'm him it. again. Stop. 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 You're, it's like you're a fucking defense attorney for this dude. Look, <laughs> chill out. We're not attacking Antonio. I'm I just that. saying I'm saying that whatever was asked of him the last two seasons, mm -hmm. we're in year three. Yes. Get it. Preseason game one. Mm -hmm. The entire point is. Whatever we've been asking him to do, it's not working out in the way that we need it to. That Does that mean it needs to change? Probably. Right. Kick return? Cool. Line him up on the outside more? Cool. But to ask him to do what we've been asking him to do the last two seasons, it looks like that experiment is coming to a close. What it means going future-wise, cool. But the idea, when I say night-night, it's not you suck, Antonio, get the fuck off the field. I know it's, you're not saying that. Right. It's, hey, if there's a starting running back for us, it right. might look like more of a Brian Robinson. 
than it does an Antonio Gibson. As much as he's going to be more of a, we got to pick our spots, more of a gadget guy, more of a getting him involved in the offense in a lot of weird, crazy ways. Kind of like what we do, what we've been doing with J.D. McKissick the last couple of seasons. Right. Maybe that's where we go. Maybe he's more of the Curtis Samuel role that Curtis played in Carolina compared to what it is like a Debo Samuel type. Maybe. But what I'm saying is the 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 runway of hey, we have this experiment we really want it to work out is looking less and less likely that it's going to work out the way we thought the last year. Sure. I agree with that. I just want to take that step back and say at the very beginning when I called it a supreme blessing, it's because had Antonio Gibson not fumbled and maybe he didn't run very effectively and Brian Robinson did, we still don't have this talk. He's not returning kicks in practice. He's not doing this yeah. stuff. It takes sometimes. Well, well, no, I disagree. Okay. The fumble was might have been the thing for a lot of people. The fumbling to me is not the primary issue in Antonio Gibson. It never has been to me. Like you, you can run back the numbers right. as far as the last two seasons and, and fumbles, and everybody has that list as far as like Adrian Peterson, a bunch of other guys. They're fairly good running backs, and he's got like half the amount of fumbles that some of those dudes have had. Less carries too, but half the fumbles. My thing is your indecisiveness in the hole. He's not running like a running back. That reflects, yeah, four yards so, of carry. That's not good enough. Right, so that's my thing. Is like when you see the difference. I thought he was losing the position as soon as I saw what Brian Robinson did with the ball in his hand, running between the tackles. Is like when I'm seeing with that, I'm like, okay, shit. Even J.D. McKissick looks better between the tackles than Antonio Gibson sometimes because he at least makes the decision. All I'm saying is that time and time again, you will see coaching staffs, and this happens at, in every sport, okay? This happens everywhere. They have their guys. They have this thing. They just have trust, and it's built in, and it takes a lot for it to turn over. This literally, this turnover literally, I think, forced the coaching staff to go, let's reframe who we have here, which I think is a good thing. That's all I'm, I'm saying. disagreing with you. Yeah, I, we're, I we're saying disagree. the same thing. We, we're I, just coming from different angles. The, we're saying the, the same last, thing. The last thing I'll say about Gibby, his speed, mm -hmm. which we talk, you were talking about as far as his 40 time, yeah. his ability to catch at least coming out of college, and his size, he should be the best running back on this team. Like that I, to me, he has the skill set. Like he has a he has a certain amount of skill set to me that speaks on this dude could be something special. I don't know what it is. That's the chasm between that happening. I'm rooting for him, and I'm still hoping that he gets that light turned on. I don't know if they need to bring in some other run, former running backs to help coach him, whatever. But there's something. There's a disconnect happening. Saquon Barkley was kind of guilty of this. What was it last year before last? Where the indecisiveness in your running has made it to where now you're just you're not being a running back anymore. I think for Saquon, that was much more conditioning of a very, very poor offensive line. And he didn't trust the holes he saw because he probably thought they were disappearing. That regardless the as a happens. as a but that's the thing. The mental aspect as a running back is you gotta keep you gotta go. Like there's the, the, there's not that 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 time to sit and think of I even criticized it to a to a certain degree it's almost what I was criticizing Patrick Mahomes for last season, or at least the last two seasons early. Stop looking for the home run every fucking time. I mean, you're, you're talking about an all pro both years. I get it, but I'm saying that you're <laughs> but, but, but it, the same thing with Mahomes is that early on in the season, you're looking at you like, all right, these stats are not where that is. They look to be in a little like cover two is getting to them. It's because you're holding on the football so long looking for the home run that you're not just taking what the defense is giving you. The best players are the ones that can realize 
I don't need it all in one place. So, so let's, uh, so before we move on to the other takeaways of week one, which will include Brian Robinson chat, it will. Um, how would you, just based off of this one preseason game, based off of the two years you've seen and based on this conversation, how would you use Antonio Gibson moving forward? Let's say it's regular season week one coming up this week. Okay, how would you use him? I'm splitting them all over the backfield and having them like going in the motion out or out wide. I want them back around as far as maybe some reverses. I want them all over the field if right now. Like that, that's where I think just let his athletic ability do something. I'm going to give him okay. those opportunities to see whether or not we can get there from. Um, and that's unless something changes in these next preseason games, it makes me believe I can trust him between the tackles. Yeah, I would alternate series with Brian Robinson. At the same time, you don't want Brian Robinson to take an entire load week one, I don't think. Right. Right. I want to ease him into NFL running back status as well. So it's going to be for me, maybe the very first series goes to Gibson and the second series goes to Brian Robinson and vice versa. He still has that seniority. So you can begin with Gibson and if he's running hot, continue. But it's okay to immediately switch over to Brian Robinson if things aren't going very well. So I'm seeing a committee. I'm seeing a full-blown committee here as we continue to figure out how to use Gibson. And I would also use him on kick returns because I do believe there's a comfort zone there with him. And it makes us much more dynamic on special teams. Okay. You want to get that guy, the ball in his hands. And I think doing it in the kick return game, which is what he did in college as well, more power to him, more power to us. I'm looking to um, see how many hundred yard games he has. You have that or you're looking? I, I have it now. Uh, yeah. All right. Give it to us. Didn't, didn't take that long to count. <laughs> how many does Four. he have? Four. Four. Okay. Just last season or overall? Overall. His entire career in the NFL, he has 400 yard rushing. Okay. Yards. He has a lot. He has like one, two, three, three in which he ends in the 90s. Mm-hmm. With four. And there's so, so many of these games, there's like 10 carries, 15 carries, so less than 50. Because, see, here's the thing. If Scott Turner is going to end up using Curtis Samuel in the backfield sometimes, right? Like we talk we about the Carolina times, right? Well, Gibson can do that. So it's nice to know now if Curtis Samuel gets hurt, which I'll be honest, I don't, as a fan, have faith in him to stay on the field for all 17 games here until he proves it. Well, Unless now we Gibson Gibby. can maybe do that. Unless right? we broke Gibby. Unless we broke Gibby. <laughs> like, I mean, that's what I'm saying is like, he doesn't look his natural catching the ball in the backfield. Like he just doesn't. And he doesn't look that, like that's the thing where he doesn't look like he's doing anything naturally. It was like, there's too much thinking happening with everything he's doing on the football field. I, I'm, ex- so frustrating I'm expecting, I'm expecting a bit of a mental release with fewer carries and I recontextualizing. Hope. That's where I'm coming from. That's where I'm talking about or blessing. I'm playing with the second team. Oh my God, I'm feeling it. My job's on the line. Holy shit. I, I think that's overstated when people oh. are suddenly playing on the second team. Antonio Gibson is a very important part of this roster. I want to make that very clear. In my estimation, he's a very, very important part of this. It's just been one preseason game. And I think a lighter load carrying the ball and getting him more receptions in open space, you may see a guy. It's almost like going to a new team and all of a sudden you flourish. Like that can happen even within this team. I'm really okay. hopeful. All right. So let's talk. We talk plenty about Gibson. Let's talk about other preseason week one takeaways. I have three that come to mind. I think we're going to overlap on at least two of them is my guess. But Kate, let's, 
I want okay. to start with you. Fire away. Well, I'll give you. So I'll give you my three as like a bullet list. Okay. Um, and then we can discuss them, and we'll discuss yours as well. So number one, Brian Robinson Jr. looked fantastic. Uh, we, were just, no, we were just we were we were just talking about that. I saw your tweet. Don't worry, I follow you. I saw your tweet. Uh, he's already got the job after one quarter. Uh, you got to follow K Dot. I'm going to drop his uh, Twitter over here uh, in the description below. Now, Brian Robinson Jr. ran between the tackles. He was difficult to bring down, and he brought energy to the offense when it looked extremely dull. Okay, mm-hmm. those first two drives. I was like, oh boy, this doesn't look very good. And then he comes in. Next thing you know, the offense is moving. Carson looks more confident. He's getting more time. McLaurin gets the ball. We start to look like a competent offense. So kudos in game one preseason to Brian Robinson Jr. Against the Panthers. That's number one. I said bullet list. I'm actually explaining all of them. Number two. Jamin Davis looked good. He actually looked very, very good. He didn't look lost in coverage. He actually made a couple nice tackles and he was getting engaged in blocks. He was coming off of blocks. I was very happy with what I saw. Logan Paulson, who's now an analyst for the team um, and was actually on the broadcast. um, He had a bit of a breakdown on Jamin Davis and said, hey, he looks good. Jamin Davis, um, his. What am I trying to say here? He gave a press conference and they asked him, what are your aspirations for this year? He wants to be an all pro. So in terms of like what he wants to do, he's, he wants to be there. And he even said he feels more like himself this year and he feels a lot more comfortable. So great signs coming from Jamin Davis. And that was one of the big things uh, we were talking about for training camp and for preseason. Yeah. So very encouraging first game for Jamin Davis there. Lastly, Sam Howell. Uh, we said it would be fun if he played well. I thought he did play well. I know nine is 16. You look at that and you're like, that's just over 50%. I'm not really looking at that. I'm looking more at how does the ball look when it's out of his hands? Is he making proper reads? And there was enough there to go, hey, this guy could be pretty fun. And I enjoyed his performance. So th- those are my three things. What about you, KDOT? Yeah, so uh, I kind of just want to take your three and criticize them all. I'm joking. Um, the <laughs> uh, Go for it. It's no, district right. divided, baby. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, uh, well, maybe I should do that. I don't disagree with anything you said. Brian Robinson looked like a breath of fresh air when it comes to the offense and the band was working. Mm-hmm. Um, the me, the big thing was having him actually receive, uh, give two receptions, which I wasn't expecting that from him. Um, but maybe I just didn't know enough about his college career. Maybe he was receiving more than that. Um, Jamin Davis looked good, looked a lot better than he has looked in the sense if he didn't look lost out there. The 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 takeaway that I got on on the defense, and I know it got better as the game went on which was that those third downs look like they're carrying over from last year. And that to me was the Baker Mayfield being able to drive down the field and convert. I think that first drive was like three or four third down or uh, third downs. Mm-hmm. Um, get off the field. <laughs> like that, that to me is like that. If that's a, once again, preseason one, this might all change by the time we're playing an arrowhead. Right. But that to me was concerning on the defensive side. We've got to get off the field. Um, and that that's the thing that like I and their criticism to go all around as far as the pass rush not getting there when it needed to. Um, Ooh, that we'll push back there, but go ahead, continue. What, look, what I'm saying is the combination of all these things allow you to convert on third down. Pass rush not getting there when it needs to, breakdown in coverage as far as especially in that mid-level. 
the, the combination of those things allow these guys to convert on third down. Um, and not to mention at the end of the game, as far as those, the, the penalties at the very end just looked extremely undisciplined. I know as far as not caring, as far as us winning or losing these prison games, the fucking prison games, remember Osaka. Um, but they're, they're, I didn't like seeing that. It just looked undisciplined and messy at the end yeah. of the game. Um, yeah, those and Sam Howell, the arm is there. Um, but people thinking he's the second coming. This is some cold. No, cold no, no, shit. no. And just to be clear, I'm not calling him the second coming. Just saying, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. the performance. Just it was yeah. great. And that arm that we heard about is there. Yeah. And that that was fun to see. And hopefully he gets to sit and learn and develop. And maybe as we're seeing him each time that we do see him, it's an ad improvement. And holy shit. Uh, also, it was good to see between that Taylor Heineke and Sam Howell, you can absolutely tell there's a difference in arms. There is a huge difference. And it's nothing short of Ashburn syndrome to say that there's a controversy or there should be a competition Ridiculous. between Howell and Wentz. It's absurd. Okay. Absolutely. Carson Wentz is the clear cut number one guy. If you want to make the argument about number two and number three, because we just talked about the difference between Heineke and uh, watching Heineke, I was like, wow, we won seven games last year. <laughs> and I love the guy. You know, I, I think kudos to the squad for, for yeah. finding ways to win and yeah. kudos to Heineke for getting hot for a little bit in the middle of the season against some really good uh, opposing quarterbacks and beating them I mean he got mm-hmm. to beat Tom Brady he got to beat Russell Wilson he got to beat Derek Carr like you know great for him great for the team I wanted to push back on the pass rush comment okay. uh, because I ended up re-watching that first series and second series and third series the, the first three series mm-hmm. number one God bless Jonathan Allen for the rest of life because he, whenever he's got a double team, he's still finding a way to get through and he allows Deron Payne to go one-on-one. Deron mm-hmm. Payne, I think, needs to do a bit of a better job at times of winning that one-on-one. And he did win quite a bit, just to be clear. He did win quite a bit. Montez Sweat, I think, also did a good job. James Smith-Williams looked a bit winded. In fact, uh, there was a moment in the broadcast in the first series where he's asking for a sub after four plays. Um I don't know if that's normal, you know, because this is the first time I'm really keying in on the defensive line. They were getting home, Kate. And the linebackers looked okay, too, between Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis. I know it's hard to believe. The secondary looks lost. The secondary, there was one third down in particular where Danny Johnson's hips were just in the completely wrong set position. And he got turned like that. It took a second. So no pass rush is going to get there on time. One second. No pass rush. If they're open that fast, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. The line actually looked pretty good. It was much more the secondary on second and nine playing 10 yards off. What's that about? I would love to see us with the defensive line that we have be a bit more aggressive, especially in preseason. Get up on them and let's see if we can actually man up against these guys. That's what I want to see. And that's a bit of a preview for the week two man up. Man up as in like, just get tight play on the line, or... play man. Yeah. Try it. Try it. Because that's what the preseason is about to me is experimenting. What works? What doesn't? Who looks comfortable in what? It's all information gathering. That's what's going mm-hmm. on. And to play conservatively 10 yards off the line on a second and nine, it turns into a third and three. Well, yeah, I would expect most teams to be able to convert a third and three, especially with the secondary as loss as ours. What I was saying as far as the combination of the, 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 they weren't, all right. Uh, defense has to work together, right? Absolutely. In the sense of, especially early last year, we saw secondary was still trying to get their shit together. Defensive line playing undisciplined, but trying to get the pass rush there. 
they wouldn't get home and the secondary was letting all kinds of shit fucking fly especially from what i'm saying as far as that mid-level right mm-hmm. um that that area where you're gonna pass for six seven yards maybe 10 yards get the first down or if you're close uh you you can run it in for a first down because it's a missed tackle and shit it felt as though there was a continuation of that from what i was seeing last year in this particular game the the idea i understand not wanting to blame the defensive line as far as because I mean, if you get there in one second and somebody's fucking wide open, it is what it. What, what can you do at that particular? No point, pass right? rush. Not even Aaron Donald and the boys are getting there in one second. I don't put it past Aaron Donald. Right. The um. <laughs> I mean, it, it it's not happening. I'm sorry. It's just it. not I happening. It. Right. I get it. I understand, and I understand that there's going to be that combination of everything in there. And it, it, as far as the secondary play compared to. All I saw, and you're right, I probably need to go back and look at it again. It's very hard for me to rewatch preseason game number one. It's the one I never want to go back to, right? It's way too early. It's just, I'm not, I'll probably rewatch this Chiefs game like twice. But um, yeah, you're probably right. I just, we ain't get home. And the, the idea that you have the defensive line is studded as they are. If we're not getting home because maybe the secondary is not doing whatever their job is, it still stands, right? Like, I, Whatever needs to happen on defense to get these guys to play in mm-hmm. a way cohesively as a unit, these they got better as the game went on, but as the starters are starting to leave. So, so I, uh, I just want to say, so the three third downs that they converted, they may have converted four, but um, I can look, think I of, wanted to see them. I wanted. I was trying to figure on that out first exactly one. So, play play. right. So the first one was, I think, a third and three or something like that, and. It was a crossing route and Cole Holcomb and I can't remember who else got lost. And one of their guys just got wide open and just turned upfield. And actually, Jamin Davis got off of Chuba Hubbard and made the tackle. So that was an example of Jamin Davis saving us from what could have been an enormous play. It was still about 20 yards on a third and three. But the crossing route, we did not handle well at all. We ran into each other. Then the Sam Darnold touchdown. We actually more or less got home. We were extremely close, and he threw it off his back foot. Terrific throw, fair play. Um, They ran a pick play, and we had two of our guys in the secondary run into each other, and then next thing you know, Rashard Higgins is wide open. So I'm looking at these, and I'm going, defensive line was right there. Baker Mayfield waited till the last second, split second. Sam Darnold waited till the last split second. The secondary needs to help. A whole lot more. We talk about that unit. I think D-line was doing well. I think linebackers were fine. That's secondary. They need to figure it out. They really, really need to figure it out because they look lost. That's going to fall on Chris Harris, secondary coach. And that's certainly falling on Del Rio, who's the umbrella uh, over everybody. Mm, no, you're, May- right. Mayfield yeah. got hit two out of those three third downs he threw. Yeah, third and three on the first drive. He got hit on that one. Pass short middle Smith. Yep, nineteen yard game. Right, Jamin Davis on the tackle, and McCain, and then uh, went third and three again. That was, that was a handoff. Yep. Handoff got the five yards. Yep. Then another pass short, Smith, yep. fifteen yards, and, and then, Mayfield got hit on that one too. And then the uh, yeah, he's that's, still in there. The the, the third the one you mentioned with the mm-hmm. Smith fifteen yards. That's where Danny Johnson got turned. Yeah, That's where Danny Johnson was just facing the wrong way, and the dude was open in half a second, and we still got there. No, the you're right. I, I'm going to defer. I'm going to absolutely defer to you because I did not go back. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's talk about week two, and 
again, golden opportunity. We're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. We're playing against Patrick Mahomes, one of the <laughs> best offenses. Yes, Tyreek Hill is gone, but it is a great chance for us to be able to play against a really, really good offense for our defensive guys who admittedly as a unit, as a collective, struggled a bit. So, KDOT, what are you looking for here, both on that defensive side of the ball, which we keyed in on in the last segment, as well as on the offensive side of the ball, maybe even on special teams? What are you looking to see? Um, yeah, I'll start with the defense. Just uh, So while I'm not, I wasn't necessarily blaming the defensive line as much as it's, I need to see us get home. Okay. What does that mean? According to you, and I'm trusting what you're saying, and this all shows out. The secondary needs to play better. Um, it, <laughs> cool. I don't give a fuck. Get home. <laughs> There's too much talent, and I got to keep watching fucking Tim Subtle videos and him in Buffalo wrecking shit. <laughs> yeah. Get oh home. Oh, my God. Yeah. Get home. Like, the, and the criticism for Deron Payne, once again, because apparently the secondary is a lot more to blame than the defensive line. Saying so going to call anybody out. Payne? Do, do, would I prefer Ionitis and Subtle? Maybe. But just saying, get home. Defensively, get home. We got to wreck shit. Get home. Secondary needs to play better. Cordami, great. On offense, I want to see Gibson do something. It's like poking with a stick. Do something. Show us something. Whether it be in the kickoff, it may be in the kick return game, which maybe he gets some gets some snaps there. I'm really excited about the prospect of that. I, I just want to see Gibson do something. And number two, it, I, I want to see Carson Wentz start off stronger than he did in this last game. I want, I need the first drive to amount to something. Um, that I want to see us get there and have the energy high early. I want to see a script actually work out. Too often these Scott Turner ran offenses do. It's like they got to kind of catch it. Mm-hmm. At, give me something. Show me that you prepared for this fucking game, and you have the 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 the, the entire roster. Like you, you know what you're doing. The, the first time around, I need to see something from an energy level early on on offense. Um, and Jahan Dotson, I'd like to see him get more involved. That's it. Okay. Uh, so defensively, I, you know, <laughs> you deferred to me. I'm going Absolutely. to agree with you deferring, deferring. to me. <laughs> <laughs> the secretary has to play a lot better. I want to see them uh, play more aggressively. I want to see, so maybe that's more coaching. I want to see the coaching staff mix it up with them. I don't like how conservatively we're playing because if you think about how well our defensive line got to Mayfield, got to Darnold in those first couple drives, well, then let's support them by not giving the offense an easy out because that's what it was. It was a five-year curl. The guy's open. You just bailed him out from your strength, which is your defensive line. So you can force a not pinpoint accurate throw if you're a bit tighter on them. Right. Then all of a sudden you can get a deflection from your secondary. Jamin Davis could come up with a pick. Cole Holcomb could come up with a pick. I want to see a bit of a mix up there from Jack Del Rio, from Chris Harris, whomever is working with the secondary. Uh, I want to continue to see good play from Jamin Davis. I hope he gets to go against, I guess, Isaiah Pacheco is a name that's going around right now as a running back that can block, that can come out of the mm-hmm. backfield. If he's going against him or Clyde, whomever is active for this game. I want to see a more dynamic running back challenge Jamin Davis because Jamin Davis was primarily guarding whomever was coming out of the backfield. So if that continues, I want that running back to work him. And I want to see how Jamin responds to that. Um, and then 
on the special teams. Yeah, give it to Gibson. Let's see if he could return one. And let's see if we can fucking block because we could not block at all on special teams on those kick returns. Oh, those, shit. Forgot those about that. Horrible. Oh, my God. Was that the worst special teams play I've seen in a minute? No, no returner is going to have a shot with that level of blocking. So we need yeah, to clean stop that up. Stop taking it sure. out of the end zone. Well, he took it out because I think he's trying to make the team. Yeah, and I, I think Doc it. said so too. Fucking stop. Jesus <laughs> Christ. It was bad. It was oh my God. Bad. It was pretty bad. Um, and then on offense, like you're saying, K Dot, I want to see a game plan. I want to see Carson Wentz not target Amari Rogers eight times or a hundred times or whatever it was. You have Dotson, you have McLaurin, you have Samuel. He targeted Amari Rogers like five times in the first two drives. Look, good for him. Glad he caught it. That's awesome. Can we get it to our playmakers early? That's what I want to see. And then I'm curious to see what happens with Robinson Gibson. We're going to see carries for both. I think we're going to see a more inspired Gibson. If we don't, not the end of the world, because I do have a lot of faith in Brian Robinson already as a guy that's going to push forward, that's going to fall forward for additional yardage as he goes down. And uh, yeah, just ball security. Hopefully, hopefully play clean, have no turnovers. Those are my thoughts for preseason week two. Any other final thoughts, KDOT? Um, just I'm realizing how much I forgot about game one because Rogers' name, which I completely forgot about until just now, was fucking awesome. And uh, he was, he was great. He was so great. So I was getting him confused with the other right. There's another Amari Rogers or something close to that name in the league. Um, well, there, there's uh oh my gosh. I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, it is in green Bay. Yep. Yep. Uh, they drafted him in the second round. He's a wide receiver and it hasn't really worked out. So, is he also Amari Rogers? I can't be. It might be. Uh, there's, there's similar name. Do we have Armani Rogers. Well, now I have to look it up. There might be an arm. Yeah. What the fuck is it? Is it Rogers? Like Aaron Rodgers and Rogers ROJ? ROG. Let's see. Okay. So there's Amari Rogers. That was the guy we were referring to. Maybe it was Armani Rogers. Hold on. Armani. Yeah. I think, I think we were talking about Armani Rogers. Yeah. We've been saying Amari Rogers. Amari Rogers is a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Armani Rogers was the tight end that kept catching it for us. There we go. That's, that's what it was. So uh, to amend my last comment, we didn't see any of Amari Rogers in this game. He's in Green Bay. I would like to see a little bit less of Armani Rogers featured in the passing game. But he yeah, did have a good look, game to his credit. He, he looked did. good. At least he here's what I, here's, I do like the idea of Carson Wentz having a safety valve. I like it. I like the idea of there being a safety valve. Yeah. I just hope he doesn't use it too often. Let's get the ball Not down. Not in preseason. Like, yeah, yeah, just yeah, take some shots. Fly. But here, I also know Carson probably still upset about the Scott Abraham fucking whatever the fuck his name is interview. Just doesn't want to turn the ball over. You <laughs> know what? That early. is that is a smooth transition to our comment mailbag. Oh, because shit. the very first comment comes from Jimmy Lee Patterson. Thank you for the comment. And here it is. As much as Scott Abraham thought he was being cool and informal, he should be harassed relentlessly. He should take it as a lesson in professionalism. KDOT, your reaction to that? I knew you'd put a smile on your face. Uh, look, we've we've discussed where it is, dude. Fucked up, right? Um, I think if he could do it over again, he chooses his words a little more carefully. But he could still get the same question out. It wasn't terrible. The concept of the question is not a terrible question. It, Carson has been asked this before, right? Once again, the main criticism needs to be for the way that Jason Wright kind of reacted to this thing, and I'm I'm watching like. 
enough time has kind of go by. He's kind of skating through. But that is not something I'm forget when it comes to Jason Wright talking about potentially pulling a cloak of uh, or pulling a cloak over the organization again and not giving access to people in the local media rubs me the wrong way. And it's rubbing me the wrong way the further away we get away from it. I think it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because that was I think that was his over the top moment. Jason Wright's over the top moment to in reaction to Scott Abraham's maybe over the top moment. I think everyone's in agreement. The questions were fair, but just the way it was worded could have been better. Simple as that. I I think it's a minor (laughs) misunderstanding. Talk it out. It it didn't need to be blown up like this. We don't need to be interrupting dudes dinners yelling at him. Watch what you say to Carson Wentz. Like, you calm it down. It's okay. I know. I know. Exactly. Exactly. Just, you know, don't start fires. Put them out. Um, and then Jimmy Lee Patterson, one more time. Thank you for the comment. At 3314 of the last video, he's referring to 500 that we were talking about. 500 is just catching the ball. One passer and a bunch of receivers, and you score by catching. The yep. game he, KDOT, is describing was called Smear the Queer. You throw the ball up. Whoever caught it had to run and score touchdowns until he was tackled. Yeah. So I remember that being the case. So when I was in elementary school, we used to play 500 where you would just catch the ball. That evolved into us thinking it was boring, so we just did something else. It's I, I do understand it's my vernacular in my friends group. We yeah. called it 500, but what we called it at Will Hardy, I think, was one-man army. One-man, okay. Fair enough. So many different names for it. Smear the that, queer I don't know if you're allowed to say the Q word. I, I don't know what we're I've said at. it twice already. Just read I know. Comment. I'm just I'm yeah. not saying it. Oh. It just doesn't. Feels very uh, problematic. <laughs> I may need to learn to bleep stuff out. <laughs> I'm not sure I know how to do that yet. So it feels problematic. I'm just saying, especially the connotation. Uh, yeah, and it, it feels problematic. And then, um, oh boy, our boy Tony's back. Tony! Tony. Shout out, Tony. Uh, thank you as always for the comment, Tony. You guys are in my number one Commander's content creator team. Tony. Before love we you, read the rest of the comment, love you. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. You're, hey, we love you the most. Think about that as well. Great energy and balance. Consummate professionals. Keep creating. Any live streams coming? KDOT and I were talking about this a little bit. We think there will be some coming. Uh, it'll probably be reactions after the games on Sundays. Still a work in progress, but we got some things cooking up, Tony. Uh, the I'm still con- thinking we, we could do like an alternative fourth quarter broadcast. In the sense of the way that you get used to, like, um, I remember there were some days, depending on who was doing the Fox game, you might turn on uh, Redskins radio at the time yeah. and listen as you and try to cue Do it I need up. to bleep that out, too? I just said the former name of the team. You actually said something that seems like it might be I was reading a comment. Bashing. Well, I guess. Just... <laughs> where do we draw the line there, right? Like, you, know, you know, it gets interesting. If we said, like, skin the, I'm not going to say it. But it's or, let, or let it's me... scalp the no. Okay, so you're talking about the fourth quarter broadcast. You're talking. Let's let's get back. <laughs> okay, fourth quarter. You just said consummate professionals, and here we are. Doing... I didn't Go say ahead. it. I stopped myself. So the the idea, like, if you could watch the game, but then hear our commentary live as we're reacting the same way that you're reacting, maybe I don't know. There's a lot of different ideas, but I absolutely we are 100 percent are having the conversation about live streaming, and we're trying to put that together. Absolutely. His comment continues, though. Do we have any linebackers that we trust? I don't see one yet. I feel like a few years ago, we had too many to get playing time in preseason. Now we only have like four. 
I know we run nickel 51% of the time, so we don't need as many anymore, but we don't have enough solid linebackers to stop a third and two run. And that goes right to that two uh, Hubbard run we were talking about on third and two, third and three, whatever it may be, where he did run right through. Cole Holcomb mm-hmm. was put in a situation, man, no, now I feel like a proper stud. analyst. Where, stud, where he had two different holes he had to cover, so he actually just hid behind. <laughs> I want to say John Allen was like this, and was like, Chuba's going to pick one, and I'll just, I'll just get him there. Like, and that's all he could do. Cause if he picked one, well, he's gone the other way. And if he goes here, well, see you later that way. So, you know, Tony, I think you're bright. Um, I want to say that I trust the stud Cole, but we, we seem to differ there. K dot. Do you have any linebackers that you trust right now? We only have two to count. And after. do you trust either of them? No. <laughs> so like, that's the, like, it's, it's not like the old, that's the other thing is I'm thinking about when's the last time I really trusted our linebacking court. We were running a three, four and we had Kerrigan on the outside some of those years, like maybe, but like, when did I actually remember when we had LeVar Arrington, Marcus Washington, that's probably the last time. And Mike Wilbarrow in the, in the center. Um, yeah, but then uh, what did that turn into? Jeremiah Trotter that yep. year. And then he went back to the Eagles and became Jeremiah Trotter again because it didn't quite work out here. Middle linebacker has been an issue for a minute. Um, like people looking back, what are you looking back at the great days of Mason Foster? Like, well, so you, you, keep, you keep talking about pain. <laughs> you keep talking about pain. Would you trade him knowing that there's a shot you're not re-signing him? He's a premium position. He's going to cost a pretty penny. Would you trade him and maybe a pick or something like that for a Roquan Smith? Because an extension for a middle linebacker, I was looking it up, would actually be cheaper technically no. than an extension for a defensive tackle. Yeah, no, because you're committed to paint. We need paint now. Like my my thing was that like okay, you trade paint if you keep settler Ionitis. But now I we're in a position where I, I, I agree with you. I just yeah, wanted I to throw the question. Rid- out. No, I can't. I now, do I you. want some Roquan? Yes, Gibby. <laughs> no, that's a trade they will not take. <laughs> no, of course not. But no. um, <laughs> yo, do I want Roquan Smith on the team? Absolutely. I just I want somebody at the linebacker position where I can set it and forget it. I don't have to worry about it. Like I know this guy's got it taken care of. And the last time that we've had that at the linebacker position, as far as like middle linebacker, is what London? Yeah, London Fletcher. Shout out! What a what a um, legend. I mean, not yet. And if we're looking at like full linebacker position, you'd have to look at three, four, and then you're technically Ryan Kerrigan's a linebacker, but not really. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I just I haven't had a set it and forget it at the linebacker position in a minute. It's been a while. There be some guys that have uh, that have that have done better than I expected them to. I'm still a Will Compton fan, but I never expected him to be. A yeah, that's because you like his personality. I loved Will Compton. Well, look, Stone Cold Steve Austin, my favorite goddamn wrestler, and him and Ryan used to always do that shit back and forth. We got one more comment from Tony. Tony, shout out. Somebody get Tiki Barber here to teach AG how to hold the ball high and tight. I could not agree more. Remember when Tiki Barber started holding it like this? Yeah. And he literally didn't fumble that whole season. Maybe there was one. Not a bad idea. Would he be willing to help this franchise out? Who knows? <laughs> what else is he going to do? His shitty midday drive New York. I, I hope he was honestly still upset with New York for winning the Super Bowl the year after he retired. After all Tiki the great Barber, years he gave Tiki him. Barber has been a little bitch for the last how many years? 
I, I dislike I, I I I really dislike Tiki Barber. Where's that coming from? I thoroughly dislike Tiki Barber. You know what? Let's get to that after the pod. This was divided a DC sports podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like it. Please share it. Please comment, subscribe the works. We really appreciate you guys listening every Friday, 2 PM. And until then we will see you next week. Tiki Barber. Go ahead. Floor is yours. He's an asshole. What makes him an asshole? All right, so he leaves the team. He leaves the Giants when he leaves the Giants, right? Right. Um, kind of left them in a left them in the lurch. Was like, holy shit, you're just retiring out of nowhere. Why? Because he Did wanted he to have left them in a lurch. They had Brandon Jacobs. That one-two combo. Everybody, you remember that is back in that like DVD era. This is the Duck It <laughs> Done, uh, Vic right. era. This is the Thunder and Lightning. Is what you're supposed to have during that period, right? Brandon Jacobs ended up taking off and he ended up being uh, like uh, uh, the, bell, the, uh, the bell cow, which I don't think anybody expected, at least initially. And then he turned like the scariest fucking running back in the division at one point. Yeah, they had but, Derek Ward as well. And they had one other guy. Oh, Ahmad Bradshaw. I'm yeah. actually. It worked out. Hold on. I'm wondering, are we getting the times mixed up? I'm, no, I don't uh, think so. Because what we're talking about the first. Well, well. Yeah, if you're talking about DVD being TJ Duckett worked on Mike Vick, yeah, it was a bit earlier, but I mean, it was just two, three years earlier. I'm thinking about when he actually retired, who took over. I think it was for... Brandon Jacobs. So 2006. I think it was Brandon Jacobs and Maude Bradshaw were sort of the main two, and Derek Ward was sprinkled in there as a... Do you think we could do something like that with Brian Robinson Jr., Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick? Yeah, it was Jacobs... Ward and Ruben Drones. Drones was that dude. It wasn't Ruben Drones. Ruben Drones was, yeah, he was there too. Yeah, but it was Ahmad Bradshaw that really, like, they took off with him. Yeah, Ahmad, Ahmad was there, but he wasn't really contributing that first year. Um, When they won the Super Bowl, I don't think it was Ruben 07, Drones. No, in 07, it's Jacobs. Jacobs and Ward. Jacobs just, and Ward. Yeah, Jacobs right. Ward. Ruben Drones was the third running back. Uh, Ahmad Bradshaw was there, but he wasn't contributing yet. Ahmad Bradshaw okay. is a main contributor when they win the Super Bowl the second time. I see. Okay, so I was getting my Super Bowls mixed up. Yeah, it was um, Jacobs that took over. Okay, but it was yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I remember, I remember they had a one-two punch at the very yeah. Day. It was it was it was Barber. It was Barber Jacobs because uh, Barber had like what was Barber's stats that fucking year? Sixteen hundred yards and five touchdowns, and you had Jacobs with vulturing all the touchdowns. He had a uh, nine. Hang on. No, no, no. I'm looking at the very first Super Bowl. Ahmad Bradshaw, Brandon Jacobs. There was no Derek Ward, actually. Huh? Yeah, which one are you looking at? Uh, the yeah, February 3rd, 2008. February 3rd, 2008. I'm yeah. on the Wikipedia page. For the Super Bowl itself? I'm looking at the, the season. Su- I'm looking at the season. I was looking Super at the season. The I'm season looking at the stats. Super Bowl. Ahmad uh-huh. Bradshaw, Brandon Jacobs were the two guys that had carries. And Eli Manning, three carries for four yards. I was Shout talking about the Eli. season. I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. Okay. I'm talking about the season, okay. the, the, what it is that they contributed during the season. Because uh, you had to get through the fucking season. I'm just wondering, what what did what did Tiki do when he left? It was supposed to be they were, he was leaving it into the hands of Brandon Jacobs, who at that point, had, he had less yards per carry the, the season before, was morally looked at as a touchdown vulture. It was supposed to be the combination of Ward and Jacobs was going to take over for Tiki. It was him leaving them in a lurch, honestly. Nobody expected Jacobs and uh, Jacobs Ward or Bradshaw to be able to take over and do what it is they did. Jacobs didn't show that. Jacobs showed that he was a touchdown vulture and a third down back more than anything because Tiki was the bell cow. Mm-hmm. No, but whatever. I, I, I agree. Tiki leaves in the middle of his prime 
when they're we're, like they're supposed to be going upward, right? We got the young quarterback at Eli. This is we're we're going this way, right? He leaves because he wants to do this big broadcasting career, and what he goes to the Today Show is complaining about what he's doing on the Today Show. Before you know it, in like two months, he's doing like sea level Olympic coverage for NBC, which I thought was hilarious. Then in every opportunity, he does what every former athlete does not do, which is goes and bashes his fucking team. It wasn't that I'm just being the objective word. It's Eli Manning doesn't have it in him to be a leader of a locker room. Who the fuck says that to your former players that are just fucking playing? You don't do that. You don't do that. That's why Michael Strahan then came out in 07 and trashed all over him. And what I find fucking hilarious is Michael Strahan not only stuck around and got a Super Bowl, he now has one of the best broadcasting careers of any former athlete ever. The motherfucker just went to space a few months ago, okay? <laughs> While Tiki Barber was, like, jumping from when he left his, like, pregnant wife for some 20-year-old intern. And oh, then no. Just, Did he do that? He's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh, Tiki Barber's trash. Barber. And here's the thing. Rondé is awesome. You know, the thing I love about these after the pod segments is we legitimately have no idea where it's going to go. <laughs> like, no clue. I had a, I think I had a totally different idea for how this is going to go. Here we are talking about Tiki Barber. Let's see. Tiki, he's just so fucking fake. He's always been so fake. Then he uh, tried to come back to the league and it was like, okay. Yeah. And oh. then you know why he here? Here's why he couldn't because he was unable to pay his divorce settlement with his ex-wife. Ha! <laughs> Sorry. Oh my gosh. Yeah. After 11 years of marriage, um, ironically, uh, gave birth to twin daughters. Some mm. more twins. Uh, May 24th. Shout out. There you go. That's my birthday. Uh, yeah. Uh, how about oh, it? Yeah. You see, so on uh, April 5th, 2010, oh Wal was seven um, months yep, pregnant yep, with I'm their twin it. daughters. I'm it was announced bar. His labor came out. He'd been cheating with a 23 year old Tracy Lynn Johnson, who he met while she was an NBC intern. And worked in today's show. Oh, Johnson no, was the babysat the fucking kids. Kiss my ass, oh. <laughs> Tiki. Dude, this guy is the worst. Oh, you I know who's actually the worst? The you know who's actually the worst? What? He's, Aaron uh... <laughs> <laughs> Darren Sharper? <laughs> What's the limit? Well, I guess in comparison, <laughs> I guess in comparison, maybe not that bad. But have you seen Untold? Uh, I haven't Manti watched it. I'm going, to, I'm going oh. to watch it. Oh, you have to. We need to talk about this because I, 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 it I, I, was I, I, so, so good. I don't want to say anything now. Other I just saw I, I saw the so trailer good. for it. I, I do need to watch it. I will watch it. Oh, and I heard so Mance. Yeah, I, I really do want to see it because I remember that story. And I, that, but once again, T.E. Bart, piece of shit. Yeah, so, well, yeah, we're gonna but that's that. he's always been so fake and just bull, like he wanted to be on the perfect. I'm going to be on the Today Show. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Not only do you have no Super Bowl, sir. <laughs> no hall of fame in your future <laughs> you, <laughs> oh, you, you you hate hate this dude yeah. i don't like him i do not like him i don't like how fake dude, he always had been laughing while you're listing things he's never gonna have because because also ronde your fucking twin is the polar opposite and a great guy super bowl winner hall of fame fucking um right rights children's books are they good? Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Oh, you've read them. No, I'm, I'm a fan of Ronda. Like, I'm, <laughs> so I'm literally a <laughs> fan of Ronda. But I, I remember when he was doing the, uh, it was like um, books for African-American kids mostly. 
because there's not a lot of books that would target it necessarily or African-American kids and a lot of stories about him and Tiki's upbringing. Okay. Uh, which oh, you in, know what? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. do remember that. <coughs> and so the Rodman twin brothers in his stories were named Riki and Tande. Yeah, I remember. There you go. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Rondé was always, like, the consummate professional and never did anything wrong by anyone. Where Tiki just shat on everybody the entire way he went. But what I, the thing, and I said it once, the thing I find most hilarious is that Michael Strahan has the career that Tiki Barber wanted so bad. And Michael never had to piss anybody off in the process of doing it. Everyone loves Michael Strahan. Oh, Michael's got a phenomenal self-deprecating sense of humor, too. I mean, whenever it comes to his teeth, for example. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Strahan talks about the guy. It's so funny. Like, Michael is a very self-confident individual. And he Mm -hmm. comes across that way, and it's abundantly clear. He is brilliant for TV. I'm so glad that he's had the broadcasting career that he's had that he's on, you know, with Fox and stuff like that. It's been cool. It's been really, really cool to see some former players do really well like that. Yep. And Tiki Barber's hosting Ultimate Beastmaster. Okay. So th- <laughs> things went the other way. I, just, I never liked Tiki. I never liked, and the thing was, I thought he was, a, he was, a, he was a hell of a running back when he got the fumbling thing under control. Yeah. But, um, it took him a while. But yeah, just the, yeah, Eli's not a leader. They're never going to win anything. I'm just going to go on and hang it out. And it's like, what? And I, after they win, they say, oh, I'm coming back. I want to be in the league again. Oh, it's because you got to pay your settlement. Nobody's planning it. All right. Well, we got a rule. Watch Untold because oh, we're going to talk about it. It's going to be awesome. Oh, my I gotta God. Admit, my priority is Prey. I'm watching Prey today. The Predator movie. Who's that in the background? My niece. Oh, okay. Cool. Shout out. <laughs> she doesn't like me. No? I'm starting not to like her, but she's one, so I don't know. All right, on that note, we will see you guys next week. Take it easy. Peace.